I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking again. Our body's Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas. And I'm Brendan Levi. And we are the Swapcast Podcast. Every episode, we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. Except today, because it's time for another tenuous swap episode. Mm. Yay! Mm. So on our main show, each of us will always recommend a piece of media that is tenuously linked with the film we review on that episode. So now we have forced one of our co-hosts to watch one of our recommendations. So today we will be looking at the teen fantasy status update, the whimsical indie horror Dave Made a Maze, and the Andy Kaufman biopic Man on the Moon. We always love to hear from our listeners, so slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email at theswapcastpodcast at gmail.com, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Face Off already. Face Off. <laughs> so, first up the rank is Brendan. He was given the 2018 teen comedy status update by me. I re- <laughs> it is very telling that he's making you go first. <laughs> it's like, get this one out of the way. No, he Forced wants very to hear apt. what you've got to say. He's so I always excited. like to put the most uh, like drama-filled one to begin yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I recommended the film in our Ice Angel, a.k.a. On Thin Ice, Skating for the Gold episode. Was the connection there both trash? <laughs> no, this connection was ice hockey. Thank you very much. Uh, in a status update, a teenager who, after being uprooted by his parents' separation and unable to fit into his new hometown, stumbles upon a magical app that causes his social media updates to come true. So I recommended this to Brendan because he was being mean to me last episode. <laughs> <laughs> he was being mean to me. Um, but also, I don't know, I... You know, I enjoyed the film, so maybe there was a chance that he enjoyed it. I don't know, but maybe he didn't, and I'm guessing he didn't. So, Uh, we go. Would have you watched this film without my recommendation? No. (laughs) And are you glad that you did? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you think of status update? Like uh, as I watched it, I just thought to myself, this. This is all Paul has. Like, <laughs> oh, oh anything I give you, I can be so nice and give you quality film after quality film. But everything in your arsenal even, is this caliber. Of he doesn't film. even like them. He, he doesn't even like the quality movies we give him. That's one. That's not true. I do like the quality films I'm given, mm-hmm. and. Two, I think if you actually look at the things that are recommended on our list, there is a varied 
like group of movies there. They're not all <laughs> If we this. made like a pie chart of like whose recommendations and what genres they were, it'd be very interesting. Yeah, I think we it need would, to get it a would be interesting because you would one. be eating pie or eating crow. <laughs> but you could also nah. eat some pie <laughs> if you'd pie. like. Um, no. So, uh, so when you look at a film, do you go, are there like American schools full of kids singing and dancing and that's how you like base if you're going to watch something um i mean if i see that it does make me want to watch it yes <laughs> um the reason i wanted to watch this film is because you know i've started a podcast about body swapping films i like high concept comedies i think they're interesting <laughs> and i think that they can like they have a lot of potential to explore stuff that other movies can't and this is this is a high concept comedy. Like, sure, sure. it's about a status update, like a phone where if you do a status update, whatever you put down comes true. And I was like, that's a that's a concept I like to see where that would go. Also, I really like the the main actor Russ Lynch. He's like the frontman of a band that I really like called the Driver Era. And he's in Sabrina and the I Teen do love Beach Sabrina, movie. Sabrina, so yeah, and he's um, the main character in the Teen Beach movies as well, which I really enjoy. So I was like, there's multiple things here that will bring me. There's some. Like, yeah. uh, there's some uh, of the side players are like comedians like Rob Hubel and uh, people from the state are in it as well that plays her, his mum and so there was multiple things I wanted to see. Yeah, like so first of all the the main character what was it Ross Lynch? Yeah. He looked like the guy from um, American Animal and American Horror Story. What what's that guy's name? Evan Peters. I don't know you're talking about they do look similar. Evan yeah. Peters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From and then, Pose? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then his love interest looked just like his sister, and that made it even grosser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's a Disney Channel star, so yeah, they're just blonde and tan. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, uh, so yeah, all right. All that stuff aside, yeah, like the the thing that really frustrated me about the film is the film just felt like it just went along with this story and i feel like as a kid i would enjoy it because it's like yeah i get to see all these like little things that i would want to do if i could do anything it reminded me a bit of blank check in that way where yeah. you know you, you have all the money in the world is or that something. a macaulay culkin movie no it's uh, a disney movie from like the 90s but it wasn't macaulay culkin it was another huh. kid yeah but like at the end of the day I don't like what. What was his lesson? Like, what was the lesson he learned? You know what I mean? Like, it, it just came. Like, he got everything, and then he like hooked up with the the, the sexy mm-hmm. uh, Instagrammer, king of the school girl, or whatever you call her. Yeah, and then he re- but. Then he's like, oh, but I was wanting to be with that other girl, and I've just somehow fallen into this other relationship. Yeah. Like, what? What was the? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a romantic comedy. You know, there's always that. Like you fall in love with. Like there's always the the Baxter, the they, wrong they, girl that he falls with, and then he goes with the girl that he's supposed to be. But with he at the falls end. for the the girl that you know the movie says he's supposed to be with. Yeah, and then he's pulled away from that. But, yeah, but enough being manipulative, just purely because he wanted to be with the other girl, and then. The film is a parable of the dangers of social media, obviously. That truly, you should know as well that I haven't seen the movie, but Paul 
just wants this to be real because he wants to like have a magical computer. <laughs> to, Wait, you wouldn't want a magical co- status you know update I mean? app on your phone. I mean, I don't that, live. In, yeah. I don't live in a world where I think about these things very often. I feel like you're much more like you know. You would have that status update ready to go. Like me and Hillary getting ready to go to the Oscars. You know what I mean? Uh, how glorious! <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> like um, there were characters I enjoyed. Like I did enjoy, like the guy, the guy who plays the dad. Yeah. I feel like I love hate him. Um, mm-hmm. He's in things, and I'm like, oh, this guy. But mm-hmm. then every now and then he'll surprise me, and I sort of enjoyed him in this. Yeah, and I was really interested in his character, this father who, like, became just, like a skateboarder, skateboarder surfer who yeah. just didn't actually want to be with his kids anymore, but didn't have the guts to tell. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So I found him interesting. The the gay villain guy. Yeah. What was his name? Uh it's been a while since I watched it. I didn't get it. I wanted to rewatch it, but I didn't have a chance this week. So. But he was sort of fun, like how he was like, like get away from my like. But also, I want to hook up with you. <laughs> like yeah. that was sort of funny. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was it was fine. It was it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so you didn't have a bad time with it. You just thought it was a bit. Mm, I had a bad time with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so did Katrina. She was like, "Did she watch the whole thing?" Oh, she watched half of it, but she like left when they started singing and dancing in the uh, <laughs> in the yeah. uh, in the quad or whatever it's called. Yeah, when he's singing, it's like Bruno Mars, isn't it? Yeah. Just- yeah, it's funny. I have this thing with Adrian where I um, be, he'll be like, "Oh, let's watch a movie tonight." I'm like, "Yeah, I have to watch this movie for the <laughs> the podcast." <laughs> and he's like, "What is it?" Like, he's very. He's like, "What do you have to do?" <laughs> is it Brendan's or Paul's? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, so here's the big question because this I don't know what the answer will be, and I'm hoping. It's not what I think it is, but did you like this better than Ice Angel, aka on Thin Ice Skating for the Gold? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Thank like, you. At least. <laughs> a glo- like a glowing review. Yeah. <laughs> what a mantle to hang it on. All right. Well, I'll take that as a victory. <laughs> Another tick. <laughs> All right, so next up we have Lucy, who was given the film Dave Made a Maze by Brendan, who recommended it in our Damn Yankees episode. In Dave Made a Maze, Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career, builds a fort in his living room out of pure frustration, only to wind up trapped by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. So why did you recommend this film to Lucy? Uh, because it's fun. I just wanted her to have a good time, and it's this film that's this adventure like labyrinth and goonies and things of that nature and i wouldn't say it's the best film in the world but it definitely has a lot going for it and i thought have a shot (laughs) (laughs) and lucy would have you watched this film without brendan's recommendation um i had never heard of it but like if i saw a trailer or something like that it probably would have been something that i could have you know I could see myself watching of my own volition, but yeah, I hadn't heard of it. So, so what did you think of the film? 
Um, I there were things I liked about it and things I didn't like about it. Yeah. And interestingly, hearing you just talk about it, I wanted to know if you watched any of it with like the eyes that I watched it with. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Go for um, it. Okay, so I like the things I liked about it. Like it looks amazing. Like the production design and stuff is so amazing. Like where did they get all the cardboard from? It's so <laughs> inventive, and like a lot of it. It's like a Michelle Gondry thing, which there's lots of nods to him. Who's Michelle Gondry? Oh no! <laughs> um, he made Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and like makes all the amazing video I clips that you've ever the, seen. The visuals for that. No, he's a director. Oh, okay. Sorry, go. And like <laughs> made all, you know, like Bjork's film clips and... Okay, okay. He's truly the best. Yeah, like it was a really cool idea. And like you said, you know, like I do like the adventure, you know, element. Yeah, the aspect element. of it. Yep. Yeah. But I just felt like as a woman... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm... Sorry. <laughs> he was just such a dumb fuck up like yeah yeah and mm-hmm. i just feel like i've dated that guy a million times and like had to <laughs> fucking pull a million dudes out of sh- mazes that they made yeah mm. yep. um and so he it really frustrated me <laughs> and like i didn't know if we were supposed to feel that way about him or if everyone was supposed to be like look at this ride we're going on and isn't this twee and fun <laughs> i was just kind of like he's a fucking loser yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I rewatched the film as well, and that's what I was like thinking. I'm like, I wish she was more of a presence, the girlfriend, mm. because like if this was focused on her rather than him, because I hate him, and <laughs> I like why yet another film about a. A white straight man who hasn't achieved anything and feels aimless in life, and everyone else having to like get him through it. Like, yeah, how then, many fucking movies and then do we have to see? Like, like cause... she's the villain because she's kind of like asking him to be like a responsible human being. Like, I hate that whole women and nags and like take your shoes off in the house and it's sort of like just don't be like a fucking man child yes and um <laughs> that you know like you know the director of the documentary that's being made about the maze says something like the ineptitude of boyish charm i just thought that was very like <laughs> yep um, yeah, the, uh... and it uh, yeah it's an allegory from destructive man babies yeah. and like that that their girlfriends have to like weather all their storms and like be the ones to keep the trains on the, the tracks and <laughs> i hate that yeah like uh yeah i i remember the director saying something about that character and just him being the voice who sort of like points points to those sorts of things like mm. that he is almost there to sort of explain the reality of the situations. And so he'll often say things like that. And so, yeah, yeah that's interesting that you picked um, up on it. So, yeah, but I mean, there were, there were things I loved about it. Like, you know, that room that had the, the strange perspective. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, those, those that's spots. straight out of um, uh, Eternal Sunshine. Like, yeah, like the that room where Jim Carrey is like a child, but it's him, so he's all small. Yeah, and um, Kate Winslet is an adult-sized woman. Person, yeah, and then like all of a sudden they're under the table together, so she's small as well. And all of that, all of that that's happening on camera is happening on screen. Like it's there's no, they're not being resized Animation or anything. Or yeah, effects. it's that it's false perspective. Using, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, false like, perspective. There's yeah. a like a 
an extra on the DVD, which what even is that anymore? Um, <laughs> where, you know, like they run from one end of the room to the other and you see how it works. It's really like very inventive. And there was mm. lots of things like that in it that, that I loved. And like, where did they get all the cardboard from? Oh, it was like, they went to like Walmart and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and just I, got I, like hope, loads I of had hoped that it was her. Uh, and then like they that. would build, they would build the set and then they would do all the scenes and then they like pull it down and then use that cardboard yeah, again cool. to build other parts yeah, of the set. Yeah, and so. that's how inventive. Yeah. I also got, you remember that movie, what's the movie where the guy like wears a mask on his head? Um, <laughs> Frank. Frank. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, with Fast Michael Fassbender, yeah. Yeah, I got a bit of those vibes. Also, this movie was very hard to watch coming off the back of Bad Johnson. Okay, so and it but being the just same just a, just a like a, a note before you start on that yeah. is that I think the order that we're releasing these episodes, that episode of so the show, we can talk about it. So just in case you're listening to this when it first comes out, FYI, we will be reviewing a film called Bad Johnson about a guy's penis becoming a human being. And has the, the penis actor is in this film. He's the main character and in this film. And my God, it made it very hard for me to... Well, yeah. I to have to say, in the, when he was playing the penis, I found him revolting. But in this film, even though I hated him as a character, I felt that his face, like he looked a lot more handsome yeah, in this okay. film. Um, and if he didn't talking, open his mouth... Talking about the penis... People in this film, how much was him mm-hmm. and his best friend who goes in to help find him? Yeah, uh, the two of them were like a low rent Paul Rudd and Adam Scott. So, I see, I never friend. thought that because the guy, the one that plays his best friend, was uh, one of the main. Well, he was a villain in one of the later seasons of Buffy. Right. So I was like, that's just a Buffy guy. Right. And it was, there were so many people movie... like that. Like the director was the guy from Difficult People. Yeah. And that guy that wandered into the maze after everyone else was from Chuck. It's like, oh, he's from that show. He's yeah. from that show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that that was their little doppelganger. So I love playing that game. <laughs> well, yeah. the I thought that the, the fact that we saw Bear Johnson for, uh, first definitely would have like changed the way you look at I that love character. as well that you this wasn't that was not the link that's not how you related this film to yeah all I could think about watching this film is when the last tenuous swap we did where you watched Missing Link and you were saying how much you appreciated like the craft of it and how it was made and you want more of these kind of things made, but you just didn't connect with the film itself. Yeah. And that's how I felt watching this and film. And I'll second the motion. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish that there was a better story for these visuals to be in. Whereas I, me being a, a, a straight White man guy, <laughs> with know. malaise. It's like, oh, this is me. <laughs> this yeah. is no, me. Like, totally. Oh. Like, um, like uh, I, I can totally relate to that character. And like, I, but at the same time, like, I know he's a piece of shit. Like, and I think that about myself. Like, and so, oh, Brandon, you're not a piece no. of shit. But like, even uh, though uh, you are a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> on the show, you're a piece of shit. But you, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you're not a destructive that, man, baby. Yeah, I can be totally like. Katrina's gonna put up a lot to be with me, <laughs> and so I just, I just mean like, um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean it's not any re- less re- real to feel that way. And I feel like, yeah, even if you're not, you know, 
like I feel like that's still a relevant feeling for a lot of people, uh, even if you're not white and re- the yeah. rest of it. You know what I mean? I get what you mean. I just feel like there's just so many of these indie films with th- that character as the mm. focus. Mm. I I just feel that that character is like the male equivalent of the manic pixie dream girl, like. It's like the indie go-to. That's how you make a, a man, and the manic pixie is how you make a woman. Completely, yeah. 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 Um, but I'm glad I watched it because, like, there's definitely visuals. And I always say the one thing I'm always looking for when I watch a movie is to see something I've never seen before. Yeah, and, and this film did that. And I, and you know, like I do like recognizing good intentions, and I and, I feel like this film's heart was in the right place. But uh, like it's been a while since I watched it, but I also feel like the whole time I was watching it, the woman, the the main character, uh, the, the the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I, I was always like, she deserves better. Like, yeah. and so like I don't think they. But then you know, at the end, anyway. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, we don't know anything about her life. We don't know what she does for a living. We don't know like yeah. why she's with him. She doesn't. Mm. We don't know if she has any other friends. We don't know anything you guys about let her. Fly the past. <laughs> have you seen Eternal Sunshine? Yes. And have you seen The Science of Sleep? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we don't really do this, but mm-hmm. I'm doing a tenuous, a, <laughs> a tenuous off the back of this. Yeah. Um, it's a short film by Spike Jones called I'm Here. And it's about like these two robot computer people that fall in love with each other. And one is really old and has like an MS-DOS like I can't remember, you know those are really old, old computers, yeah, 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 as a head, and then the other ones all like new tech, and it's like they don't have compatible <laughs> software, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, I'd I'd recommend. What's that. it called again? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. So, did you like this film more than Damn Yankees? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn Yankees was a classic. It's so. a, <laughs> yeah, it's an old Hollywood musical, like, yeah. show tunes. I, d- yeah. I don't think it yeah, can yeah. compete. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On your level, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, so finally we have me, and I was given the film... Man on the Moon by Lucy, who recommended it on our Jumanji The Next Level episode. Man on the Moon recalls the life and career of the legendary comedian Andy Kaufman. So why did you recommend this to me? How interesting is it that these two are in the same... Because talking about destructive man babies, yes. there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> Why did you recommend it to me? Because um, it's very rare that I recommend a movie that you haven't seen. Yeah. And I also feel like this is maybe a gap in your, like, you should have seen it. And yeah. Why, why do yeah, you think, it is why do you, think of... you hadn't seen it up until now? Um, I think when it came out, I had no, like, back in 1999, I was in year nine. Mm-hmm. I had no, like, concept of the history of of yeah. like comedy or SNL was, or any Jim of these Carey. things. And I don't know, it always kind of 
sounded like hard work because I'd never heard of Andy Kaufman. I didn't yeah. know who he was. And it's not an easy watch either. Yeah. So, and yeah, I just, it's not like I had anything against it and I was like, I'm never watching that. I just yeah. never got around to it. Mm-hmm. But but once again, like the fact that Jim Carrey was in it, didn't that just make you go, I oh, mean, I I'm never like a Jim, I was never like a Jim Carrey super fan or anything. Like I like Jim Carrey, but, but like. Pet like detective. I've, I've never, <laughs> like I've still never seen like the majestic, which he made around this era either. Because like remember he was like transitioning his career in. I can't remember what the majestic films, was. Yeah, something about like opening an old theater or something, and it was mm. in the fifties. But like this was when he was kind of trying to transition out of like that part of his career. This is where he's like screaming in Hollywood's face of like, I yeah. can't be your fucking funny guy anymore. Yeah. I'm actually and- really sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I love Truman show at the time. Yeah. I remember seeing that at the cinemas, but yeah, like, I, yeah, I just never got around to it. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I finally did. Cool. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Oh my film. God. Like, I rewatched it yeah. so I could rap about it with yeah. you. And I was really scared when I was watching it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure why I did this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you watching it, you didn't think it would appeal to me? Or? Yeah, I was worried. No, I actually, I genuinely, I would say I just like this movie. I loved this movie. Yep. Like an interesting subject matter, mm. um, really well made and told with yep. an amazing cast. And what I didn't realize, it was pretty much the chronicle of the birth of the kind of comedy that that I love. Like the whole anti-comedy kind of movement. Yeah. You know, you think of shows like I Think Think You Should Leave or Tim and Eric and all the Adult adult Swim Mm. stuff, Too Many Cooks. It all, their DNA all came from what he originated. Yeah, yeah. That kind of you have to understand the cadences and the timing and the architecture of comedy and the fact that he's just not following those rules Mm. is the joke, even if there isn't a specific audience audience for the joke (laughs) or there isn't a specific punchline he's going towards. If you are on that level, you get it. Mm. And, you know, after I watched it, I watched the documentary that they made about the making of this film, Jim and Andy. I don't know if I totally agree with what Jim Carrey did to Mm. become this character where he basically lived as the character for the whole filming. They're both problematic. Like, Andy Kaufman was a problematic dude and, and Jim Carrey doing this became problematic. Yeah. Um, But like you said, I feel like watching the movie, it's about more than that. Like it's the way the film is crafted and sort of like the overall as to why it's special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it got made at the exact right time, because I think Jim Carrey at that point was the perfect match to play him. And obviously in real life, he died at 35. So that was the right age. But the other thing that was a real advantage was because it was made in 99, which was about like 20 years or 10 or 15 years after the events of the film, Mm. um, you could get a lot of people playing themselves and it wasn't too much of an, I mean, like they are obviously older than they were when they were in that period. But it's like, it testifies to how sort of like special the subject matter was that they all wanted to do it. Yeah. And when you watch the making of, and they're all like, it's just like being around yeah. him. It's like yeah. they, and they love that. They love the fact special. that it was like experiencing yeah. a part of their lives all over again. Yeah. And even for the people in Andy Kaufman's life 
like his parents and his brothers and sisters and to see them hanging around Jim Carrey and acting like it's their dead brother yeah, yeah. and them yeah. interacting and it was kind of like therapy for all of mm. them. And, and I kind of think that, like as if that wouldn't fuck you up. Jim Carrey like you know like you can see why he had to throw himself into it I guess yeah yeah so yeah I think this is a really special movie yeah yay oh my god I think this might be the first one that Paul liked of mine um so yeah well done Lucy um um have you seen it recently Brendan not recently no yeah I think it's definitely... Have you watched the Jim and Andy documentary that's on Netflix? No, I was thinking about it and just watching um, Kidding with mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, like, I've been just, like, I guess reinvigorated just, like, how much I enjoy Jim Carrey. And yeah. May, yeah, maybe I should go back and watch yeah, this Yeah, I really want to watch Kidding. Yeah, I that's would rec- Michelle Gondry, <laughs> um, Brendan. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Directed by... so much good, like... Yeah, yeah like... Anyway, um, yeah. we're not talking about kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I would recommend going back and watching Man in the Moon first, then rewatching, and then watching the Jim and Andy documentary on Netflix as well. They are like perfect companion pieces. Mm. And in in so Jim Carrey got G- Andy Kaufman's wife mm. to shoot the behind yeah. the scenes footage for the movie, so rather like the than just getting Love character. Yeah, then yeah. rather than just getting a random crew in, mm. and they followed him around the whole production. And then um, in the documentary itself, Jim Carrey is like, I always wished that we could like have used that footage in the film itself and like melded them and be- and made it more like a meta kind of thing. And you could see it would totally have worked as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the film itself is like quite long as it is. So it yeah. would have been like a gargantuan movie. But mm. I feel yeah. like there's just Jim Carrey has this thing of... And I mean, I'm not saying he's a perfect person either. Like, I don't know yeah. about his politics and about his Yeah, the whatever. anti-vax stuff, yes. which he still is. Yeah. Um, but he just has this real fragility that's like right mm. there that just really makes you want to protect him or something. <laughs> like, even though, yeah. I don't know. I kind of have the opposite with him. Like, watching his interviews nowadays, especially, he just has this like craziness behind his eyes that he could just snap and go on a murdering spree. But I feel like that's like, it's like, (laughs) if I'm not laughing, I'm going to cry. So he's like, so I need to be like all out to like make you look over here because like I'm actually crying in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny um, in this documentary as well, he's like, at the end, he's like, yeah, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't want anything. I have no desires. I have no drive in my life. There is nothing that I can strive for, which makes me wonder why now he's like in a TV show. Like, why would you do Sonic the Hedgehog movie if mm. like, you know, like <laughs> obviously you must, yeah, sure. you, you must desire something to do yeah. the Sonic movie. Is Kidding good? Oh, Kidding's amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like what, like, and also the cast alone, but so, like um, I was saying about the, the director, um, the direction and also the the visual like they just do these really like yeah ambitious ideas and, and yeah. it pays off so well so yeah yeah um because apparently michelle gondry like always knew he wanted jim carrey to be the character in eternal sunshine because jim carrey used to be in this tv show called in living color that was like a saturday night live type thing that wasn't live yeah and, i think i've seen some of that mm, yeah yeah um, it's got all the Wayne, the Wayne's brothers in it, yeah. and um, it, they used to do a thing at the end of every show where you, you know they'd be like, "Thank you, 
that all dance together. Yeah. And so the whole cast is black except for Jim Carrey and there's a white actress. Yeah. And Jim Carrey just looks like so out of place. He never knows what to do with himself. <laughs> it is really early in his career. He's actually billed as James Carey. And so he just used to sort of stand there with his hands in his pockets like really <laughs> nervously. And Michelle Gondry was like, that guy. He always that. knew it was like that guy is me. Like, but yeah. he also yeah. said when he had, took the meeting for Eternal Sunshine, he go he said to Jim Carrey, "You're so broken. You're so sad. <laughs> you need to stay this way for the next year. Don't get Uh-oh. better because we don't film till next year." Oh, and no. Jim Carrey's like, "That's how fucked up this industry is." He told me not to get better for a whole year so that oh, he could God. be better for the film. <laughs> um, all right. So, did I like this more than Jumanji: The Next Level? Yes. <laughs> Yay! Yes, I would give. I this for me is a five star movie. So yeah, cool, yeah, great, loved it. Uh, are we going to have such good uh, recommendations next episode? Uh, Brendan, uh, what are you recommending me? Well, uh, because you're going to recommend a movie to me next time, I'm going to try to... <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> but then I, I also look at what you've got to offer and it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. There's actual gems there. Prove it to me. So anyway, uh, uh. I'm going. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. Looking at my list, I think I'm going to ask you to watch Big Time in Hollywood FL. Okay. So how long are the episodes? Twenty minutes. Okay. So um, if I watch six episodes, how much of this is that? Like the almost the, ho- the whole season. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All so. Right. Uh, it's it's a really funny show, and I think the humor will be right up your alley, mm-hmm. and uh, we all need a laugh, so enjoy. Awesome. All right. Cool. And Lucy, what are you giving Brendan? Brendan's going to watch the Tupac and Janet Jackson vehicle, Poetic Justice. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how I feel about this film, so uh, this should be good. It should ah, be okay. And I know you're going to see this as a punishment, but it's not because sure. um, I think you might enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. a, a rom-com that's on Netflix called Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List. Yeah, cool. No, that sounds... And yeah, it's I'll about like um, a girl and her gay best friend and then they both fall for the same guy. So <gasps> yeah, um, so I think you'll have fun with it. Good times. Awesome. So... Uh, that should be a fun one next time. So until then, I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. BK. No, <laughs> say it properly. <laughs> Brendan Levi. But it's yeah. BL anyway. I know. BK's but... Beyonce. We've been over this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the K stands for crap with a K. <laughs> King of crap. <laughs> King of no, crap. I really like you, Brendan. Don't. We love you. Yeah. You suck. All right. <laughs> Bye. 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 The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.